You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. We've talked about Jesus. Nothing was beneath him. Think about that. He's seated at the right hand of God in heaven. And he looks down, because we always think of heaven being up, right? He looks down at this spinning sphere called earth. And technically, he could have said, this is beneath me. And yet, Philippians 2, as we saw last week, he takes on the form of a servant and he comes to this earth and he goes even lower than this earth. He goes to the cross. We saw him getting up from the table, a place of honor, and coming down and washing the disciples' feet. Nothing was beneath him. And in Philippians 2, 5 and 8, Paul told us that we must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God something to cling to or grasp. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. This is our servant, Jesus. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and dies a criminal's death on the cross. Think of that today. So if you have your Bibles, you want to open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. If you don't own a Bible, you can take the Bible there home with you. The first thing I want you to see in your notes, if you just write it down, is the transformational power of Jesus in our lives will result in a shift in our worldview. It changes the way we see the world. The more you get closer to Jesus, the more he changes the way you see the world. Look how he saw it, in need of his love, for God so loved the world. Look how he saw you, in need of his love, in need of his redemption. 2 Corinthians 5, 15, and 16, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer what? Yeah, three people read it. Let me... Let me. Hey, we should live the verse, right? No longer live. Let, let's read this part. Will no longer live for themselves. Yeah. We have a lot of people today wanting to live for themselves. It's all about me. How you made me feel. How you treated me. How you didn't call me back. You didn't invite me to the party. Come on. Come on. You know? Those who receive new life, notice, notice the transformational shift here. They will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for who died and was raised for. See, he, he did it for us, for you, for us. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. This is radical. This is Paul the Apostle who was persecuting those who followed Jesus. He looked at them from a worldly point of view and said, they don't matter, let's get rid of them. And Paul says, because I've come to know Christ, I stop evaluating people from an outward appearance. By the way, Josh McGowan, great guy, great, great heart, loves Jesus, great young, tender heart, and sings so well. You were shocked when he sang in Spanish. Does he look? He know Espanol. I mean, he's fluent in Spanish. But when you look at him, you'd go, there's no way. He's... Years ago, I was, um, and I know some of you don't like this, but I love it. I, I love being on juries. 
When some of you get jury duty summons, it's like, oh my gosh, trauma. I just like, really, it's so cool. I get to go to Santa Maria and sit in a bunch of people and maybe get selected in a jury. I've been on five juries, and I've been summoned like nine times, been on five juries. I was even in the jury pool for the Michael Jackson trial. I didn't get selected. There were four of us left, and they had the jury and alternate seated. But man, the process was cool. And I met this, this Asian gal who was a part of the defense team. And you're not supposed to talk about the trial when you're outside. And, you know, even though it's not started yet, but they're picking the jury and all that stuff. And so I meet her. We're in the line. We're getting ready to go through the metal detectors and, you know, all that stuff. And, 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 and I said to her, I've noticed you sitting there. And she just stared at me. And I mean, just like look through me. You ever had somebody do that? No, no, not, 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 not be zoned out. I mean, she's looking through me, these piercing laser beam eyeballs. And, uh, and I said, what do you do? If I see you taking copious notes, she goes, well, I'm a profiler. I make big bucks. I'm embarrassed to tell you how much I make. I travel the country, and my job is to profile people like you. Every woman that's walked in, I checked out her purse to see if it's a real Louis Vuitton or a knockoff, a Gucci or a fakie. I look at their shoes. Are they shoes for less or are they Rodeo Drive shoes? I look at your watch. I see you're wearing just a cheap watch. That tells me pretty much by how you're dressed and by the way you stride with confidence or not, it kind of tells me how much money you make. It kind of tells me how you vote politically. It kind of tells me if you've got a family or not. I look if you're married, if you've got the ring here or the ring here. And she goes, that's why I get paid the big bucks, because I'm pretty accurate. And I have a plus next to your name or a minus next to your name, and I put it over in Guadir when they get rid of people from the jury box. Listen, she needs to have this verse happen in her life. Because what happened here, Paul says, I don't look at people from the outside. And I'm just challenging you a little bit this morning, kind of massaging you. How often do we judge people by the flesh? But it gets even deeper there. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. In other words, there were a lot of messiahs in Jesus' day and a lot of false messiahs. And Paul, the apostle who was called Saul... Hebrew of Hebrews didn't believe that Jesus was real. He had a historical view of him. He had a a theoretical view of him, but he did not have an experiential relationship with Jesus. And he says, now this has changed. How differently, and love, love that phrase, we know him now. And when you know him, he will change your view of people. See, when we see Jesus for who he is, we will see people for who they are. Now, I know you think the 1045 people need this and 8 o'clock people already got it and they needed it. And, but, but I just challenge you. I wonder how many times we look at someone's skin color or the kind of car they drive or the kind of house they live in. And we try to gauge somebody based on all of that as though that were the way we view people. Number two, the transformational power of Jesus in our lives will result in a brand new purpose and a brand new assignment. You can stay in 2 Corinthians 5, but real quick, Acts 26, this is when Jesus encounters 
Saul on the Damascus road. Saul will become Paul. And he says to him, who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are what? Persecuting. Now, Saul had never met Jesus. And Jesus was in the spirit when he comes to him at the Damascus road, the power of the Holy Spirit. But notice what we learn from this verse, that when we manipulate somebody, when we abuse someone, when we treat someone poorly, Jesus says we're, we're doing it to him. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say, you're persecuting my followers, knock it off. He says, you're persecuting me. Now you get up to your feet, you stand up, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my what? my servant and my witness. And this is for all the followers of Jesus, that you can't follow the servant Jesus and not be a servant yourself. We will serve because we've been served. We will love because he's loved us. We will have compassion as he's had compassion. And I challenge you to study in the Gospels where Jesus encountered people. He saw them like sheep without a shepherd, and he was moved and had compassion. Literally means he emotionally let go of himself. When he saw people that were lost, when he saw the woman who was about to be stoned to death, he stooped down again, didn't he? And he wrote something in the sand, and he saves her life. He hangs out with Samaritans and tax collectors and all the people that were outcasts or all of those who viewed them from an external view said, you're not supposed to be with them. Jesus was with them. In Acts 20, 26, 18, I want you to be my representatives so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified in the faith by me. Never underestimate the power of Jesus in the heart of belief. Never underestimate the power of Jesus in the heart of belief. And if you do, just take a look at the Apostle Paul and how he was transformed. So here's some questions for you, because you could hear the message and go, oh yeah, he said some stuff about Paul, but, but how about you analyzing your life. Have you had a radical reorientation of the way you understand Jesus? I think there's a lot of people that have a view of Jesus from a historical view. Yeah, he lived among us. He was born on Christmas, and uh, he lived among us, and he healed people, and he died on a cross. And if you believe in him, you won't go to hell, and you'll go to heaven, and that's, that's how I know him. But have you had a reorientation in the way you understand Jesus? Do you look at him in a different way with your heart? And then this is a great statement. Has this radical reorientation changed the way you see people? <coughs> Somebody recently um, asked me. They saw my license plate frame, and you can get one free at guest services today. But remember my, my, my disclaimer. If you put one on your car, you have to drive nice. And uh, I was coming out of an establishment in town, and, and I was getting into my car, and they saw the frame, people matter to God. And they said to me, is that in response to all the signs that say certain lives matter or this life matter? I said, no, I've been saying that for 30 years. Whew, good thing I could say that. Well, what does it mean, they said? Oh, it's profound. You might need to sit a while as I explain it to you. It means people. It means any person, the unborn, 
And the people that are on their last breath on life support, people, matter <laughs> to God. <laughs> Can you explain matter? And I did. We matter so much that he would be our servant. We matter so much that he would give his life for us. We matter so much that he would reconcile us to God. Wow. Matters so much that even your personal situations going on right now in your life, whatever they might be, really matter to him. And he's still the God that cries. He's still the God that weeps over horrible things that happen to people. But we have to think differently. That's what happened to Paul. He had this radical transformation. Proverbs 4.23 says, Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. If you think everyone's out to get you, God bless you. No matter how good people are to you and no matter how wonderful they treat you, they'll always be out to get you because that's how you filter life. If you filter life through a filter that says, oh, I'll never have and I'll never be and I'll never become and oh, woe is me and think I'll eat some worms. I mean, if that's your life, but that's not the life that Christ came to give us. He came to give us, you just write it down, a new life, new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 goes on to say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old is where? In my back pocket and I carry it with me wherever I go. No, it's gone. The new is here, and it literally means in the Greek that the old has been cut off and pushed aside, and now you start new. A brand new day. I love new. Don't you love new? You love new. I never met a lady who didn't love a new pair of shoes. I've never met one. If you're here, let me know. New. You know why I like a new day? I really like a new day when the day before was a tough day. And I have a tough time going to sleep, but I wake up, and some people go, well, if I had a tough day, I want to sleep in the next day. I don't want to sleep in. I want to get up with the day and smell the new day and watch the sun come up and see the birds in my backyard fighting. I just, I like, they fight in the back. I love it. You ever watch the sparrows fight in the morning? You're not up early enough. They get up earlier. They're fighting for food, and they're fighting each other, and, and he's fighting another he because a she is on the fence. And he wants to get her and take her on a date. And boom, boom, they're fighting. And I go, this is a new day. Lord, help the birds. But not that much. I don't really care about them. I care about this day, new day, something new. Some of us have spiritual ADD. We need new stuff all the time. You know who you are. You can't live off yesterday's blessing. By the way, the word new is a verb that's an ongoing newness. He's continually making things new. Anyone who belongs to Christ, I love this, is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is brand spanking new. And verse 18 goes on to say, all this is from God who reconciled us where? To, To himself how? Oh, through our servant Christ through our servant Jesus, and gave us, oh yeah, let me tell you what pastors don't do. I'm guilty too. I've watched Greg Laurie Harvest Crusade. I've even heard Billy Graham preach. They don't do this. And we, we don't. You need to come to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. He died for you on the cross. If you believe, 
that he died on the cross and rose again from the dead, you can be saved. He'll forgive you from your sins. Come down to the altar. Give your life to Jesus. Raise your hand. Get a free book. Come on. That's what we do. And we don't tell you this part. I'm just letting you in on my, my colleagues. We don't say, and by the way, you all become ministers. You don't just get Jesus. You, 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 you get, get to be a minister. The ministry of reconciliation. Well, guess what? If you have a ministry, you must be a minister. Okay. Logic 101, right? We're all in the ministry. You can't be saved without being in the ministry. And some of you are going, I don't want no ministry. My grandpa was a minister. Ain't doing that. Uh-huh. Josh over here uh, who sang that his, his dad was a, was a Baptist minister, and he, he turned out good. My, my son is a pastor's kid, and regardless of all those horror stories, he turned out good too. You're a minister. Everybody, listen, everybody in Santa Barbara County is a minister of something. Because we simply administer our political views, our personal views, our prejudice, our bias. Some people administer, you know, illegal stuff in the community. They perpetrate crimes on people. Everybody administrates something. And we've been called and reconciled to be ministers of reconciliation. That means wherever we go, and here is a real challenge for you. I can't believe I'm challenging you so much this morning, but here's a real challenge for you. How is your ministry? <laughs> your ministry is about reconciling people that are far away from God. It's not just about going to church, though I'm really glad you're here. Please come back. It's about you being used by God through your service. That's why I'm so excited about National Night Out on Tuesday. I can't wait. Serve up 1,100 hot dogs and 850 nachos and cotton candy to put a smile on a kid's face. And somehow, instead of building walls to the community, because the church sometimes is irrelevant, we're going to be as relevant as possible. We're giving away free food and we're doing it with our police, and we're doing it with our, our wonderful Air Force folks and friends that are going to be there, and it's over at the old El Camino School, which is now the adult educa education from 5 to 8, and we're coming early to load up and, and schlep all our gear over there and bring our new slushy machine and come on and have crafts for the kids. You're all excited. Boy, I can feel it. I'm getting older, but I'm there. Well, there might be stuff on, on TV on Tuesday. I know there is. We're trying to build walls in our community. We're trying to let people know that they're to be reconciled back to, catch this, catch this, back to an original intention and design for them, which is pre-Genesis chapter 3. They were created in the image of God, and God wanted to be their God and wanted them to be their people, and he wanted to walk with them in the, in the cool of the day in the garden. And we always look at people post-Genesis 3 that, yeah, my neighbor, he's a sinner, you know, your neighbor was created in the image of God. Good morning. And all those people, excuse me, that, 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 that you don't like, they were created in the image of God. They were created to be the friends of God. So he's given us this brand new ministry. A new ministry. And it's for all of us. You don't have to be an REV reverend or a PhD in theology 
all of us have a ministry. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It is our call. And there are people out there who need to be reconciled. So a few years ago, this lady calls the church office and she says, Pastor B, I need you to come over to my house. What? I need you to come over right now. It's so important. I said, well, what is it? She goes, well, my friend is here. I've been, I've been working on it for nine years to come to Jesus. Nine years, Pastor B, nine years. I need you to come over here and lead her to Christ. I said, are you stupid? If I come over, I talk too much. If I come over, I don't know her. If I come over, I'll ruin it. You mean you're not coming over? I need you to come. No, I'm not coming. But I'll be here and I'll pray hard. I said, baby, seal the deal. Take your friend to Romans 10, 9, and 10 and tell her to believe in her heart and to confess with her lips Jesus Christ is Lord and she shall be saved. Ask her to pray for the forgiveness of sins. Let her pray. About an hour later, I got a phone call. The lady was, it was so good. I'm glad you didn't come over. <laughs> Why? Because she had the ministry of reconciliation. She spent nine years investing in her friend. And she got to seal the deal. And she brought her friend to church. She said, I brought my friend to church. I didn't even have to bribe her with breakfast or nothing after church. I just said, come to church. Oh, yeah. She came to church. We baptized her in water. And guess what she started doing? You'll never guess. She started ministering reconciliation to her friends. That's what we're supposed to do. And I know you might have forgotten it, but that's a good message. That God reconciles us and gives us the ministry of reconciliation. Somebody says, well, I just want the Lord to bless me. I don't want the Lord just to bless me. I want the Lord to bless me so I can bless others. Good morning. I want God, God protect my family. Are you kidding me? Protect my family so I can teach other families how to be protected. Show me the way, Lord, so I can show other people the way. And in verse 19 of 2 Corinthians 5, boy, if I was a preacher and I had more than four more minutes... But anyway, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. Think of that. He stopped keeping score. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. I have a friend who pastors a very young, young, young church. They're all young. I think the average age is like 26. That's not us. And he asked me this question about a week ago. He said, um, we got a problem in our church. I said, what is it? He said, well, we're really divided politically. Everybody's real boisterous about the political landscape in our country. And we can't even get services started on time because people are outside in the parking lot debating stuff and doing Pokemon Go. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we, can't, we can't. He goes, man, I, I'm, I'm concerned. And I, say, I said, so why don't you give them 2 Corinthians 5, because I knew we were going there, and tell them they've not been given the ministry of politicians or political. Now, now we, 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 we should be involved, and we should pray hard, and we should vote. I know somebody called but who will I vote for? I have no clue. And, and since the other Bernie is out, you might want to vote for this Bernie. I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this, that I said, you got to tell your people. They've not been given a ministry of, let's go out and, but we've been given a ministry of reconciliation. Remind them even how they treat those who vote differently than them are to be treated with grace. Stop looking at people from the outside and start looking at them from the inside. That's what Jesus wants us to do. See, the Lord has empowered us to represent him, to be his ambassadors. Woo, that's a big word. And real quick, because I know your note-takers are going to like freak out if I don't give these to you, but, but three characteristics of an ambassador, Greg Kokel, I give him credit, says that we should have knowledge. That's an accurate mind. You cannot represent the king in a foreign country if you don't know anything about your king. you got to know your king. you got to know what he's about and the purposes of the king. Secondly is wisdom. It's an artful method. You have to know how to share reconciliation with other people. You don't just walk in the room and say, hey, listen, everybody, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. See you later. And walk out. It doesn't work. Or go to the next party and say, look, everybody, I am the ministry point of reconciliation. If you want to get saved, come over to my table. If not, stay where you are. That doesn't work either. There's an artful diplomacy, and I use that word, especially with an ambassador. Uh, we have ambassadors to the U.S. all over the world. And the, the, the uh, embassy where they stay is a sovereign area. And it's supposed to be safe, supposed to be. And those that live inside the embassy represent the heart and the purpose and the knowledge of the United States. And we have to do it with wisdom. And the third one is character. We have to have a character that's commensurate to the king that we represent. Think about that. I want to say, ouch. That our character should line up with our message. In other words, the Lord loves you and wants to save you. And by the way, I hate these kind of people. There's a, there's a, there's a disconnect there. Okay, so Matthew 28, Jesus is going all the world, and we are reconciled, the reconciled us, used to minister reconciliation to others so they can become reconciled. Somebody recently shared with me that I cannot go out and tell people about Jesus. I don't know enough. You ever said that? Remember when Jesus delivered a man who was possessed of demons? The man wanted to stay with Jesus. I mean, wouldn't you? He just set you free. And Jesus says, you can't stay with me. Why? Because you got to go tell your friends what I did for you. And that's all the guy had was one message. I met Jesus, and he delivered me. You got another sermon? No. I met Jesus, and he delivered me. What's your third point? Oh, and now I'm free. I met Jesus, he delivered me, now I'm free. You got a fourth point? No. And he just went around telling people, I met Jesus, he delivered me, and now I'm free. That'll preach. If you've got that, there you go. There's your sermon. Because a life touched by God always ends up in touching other lives. That's what happens. All right. There's more to say, but you got this, right? To follow the servant Jesus is to no longer live for yourself. And to follow after him. Hey, read 2 Corinthians 5. There's more in there I didn't get time to share it with you, but you get to go have cereal, and don't forget the prayer team will be here, so let me pray for you. If you don't know Christ, good day to give your life to him. Say, Lord, I believe in you.
I believe in you. I don't want to just know about you, Jesus. I want to know you. And then, God, I would, I would pray that you would help us to see people differently. Maybe it's a great question for you. Who, who will you view differently because of the transformation of Christ in you? How will your worldview change? Because it changed for Paul. And how will you see people? Will you, will you take your call to be a reconciler? Will you have your life be about you? Or will you find ways and places to just love people and serve people with character and integrity and wisdom? Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.